This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. The Comic Book Pit? Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics. Recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comics carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, and welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 375. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, just got Scott. Yeah. I shouldn't say just. I shouldn't say just. It's... It's me and Scott tonight, and we're rebooting. Uh, we're rebooting the entire podcast. That's right. We're we're going back to zero. <laughs> no. no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, but but for those of you who are maybe recent listeners, or or maybe have not listened to us from the early days, um, the show used to just be me and Scott for a long time, for several years. Yeah, it was just the two of us. You know, yeah, we, it was like the early days of Batman, you know, that's before, right. the Bat, before the Bat family. Now we have like the, you know, the CBP family now, you mm-hmm. know, um, everyone with their own, you know, variable powers and abilities. Well, yeah, well, that's what's great about, I mean, about expanding our, our host situation is that everybody has different interests. Everyone brings something different to the table. We don't all read the same stuff. We don't all watch the same movies and TV shows. It's, it's really, it really is truly nice to have a very broad, uh, array of, of, uh, interests and, and things like that, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I mean, not just that, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're hanging out with our friends. I mean, yeah. How much cooler can you get than that? We're actually developing character sheets for every member of the comic book. Pit. <laughs> and you can play, you can play one of us at home. That's right. Coming to you, coming to you soon. The comic book pit role playing game. <laughs> oh, that would be yeah. that would be awesome and terrible. Yeah. What, what's your what's your X Men stats like? You know. <laughs> What's your knowledge base, you know? So, uh, which which one of us would be chaotic good? Oh, that's a good one. 
Jared? Would, would Jared, Jared be definitely in, in one of the chaotic categories. I would say he's probably good. Chaotic good? Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Sean is pure evil. No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really. I was going to say Sean was, and I, I don't know, I don't profess to remember every single class, but I would say, I, I think, I feel like Sean would be lawful good. Yeah, I could see that. Lawful good. Well, well, he could be lawful evil. There is such a thing as lawful evil. I want to be, um, I don't know if this is true, but I want to be like chaotic neutral or whatever. Is that probably, I, I feel like each and every one of us is some form of chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we just have to get specific with the good, neutral, and evil. Yeah. <laughs> but great. we're all a little chaotic at times. But, um, you know, so, speaking of our, uh, our comic book pit family, you know, I was, um, I was looking at my Facebook memories a couple days ago and the pictures from last year's holiday dinner came yeah. up. And it just, oh, you know, it was, it was a mixture of happy and sad feelings. Yeah. You know, because that was such a great night and it was such a, a great time to spend with not only, you know, us, our, ho- you know, me and you and Jared and Sean and Kate and Link, but with our, with our, you know, respective spouses and, um, and, and the- and the Sorgs, of course, yeah, because they're. I mean, I consider them as much of a part of the family as as any. Yeah, they're like the you know there are um, you know silent uh, rock you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, they 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 help make the show happen just as much as uh, as we do. I mean, if you know if it weren't for them, I mean, uh, the show maybe would not have kept going if they hadn't yeah, uh, stepped in when they did. That's the thing is we were in dire straits and um, what was it? 2018. We had a hell of a time trying to record episodes. You know, it's so funny because we couldn't do it remotely. We, like we had like the means wasn't there like for podcasting. It just seemed like we were having so much trouble. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's a lot different now. Like just, within a, the last year or so with the advent of, you know, we use uh Squadcast, which has been a godsend. I mean, it's probably been the, the best recording platform that we've found in all the years that we've tried to do remote podcasting. And I feel like we've tried them all. Yeah. We, we ran the gamut. Well, I think we had something good for a while, I think with Skype and then, and then they were just like, we're not going to update our Skype recording software anymore. Yeah. We're like, oh my God. Well, you know, and, and, and the nice thing, and, you know, not to, to pull back the curtain too much or to get too technical, but the, you know, the nice thing about Squadcad, Squadcast as opposed to Skype is, you know, everyone is using a different computer, different operating system. Everyone's got different levels of technology. And, Everyone has to, you know, when, when you use Skype, everyone's got to make sure it's updated. Everyone's got to be logged in. When when you use Squadcast, you just have to click on a link. Like, you don't need to install anything or make sure anything is updated. You literally click on a link, and you're you're there. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's I- the nicest thing for podcasters ever. 
it really worked out because like I say, we, I feel like we, um, you know, through 2019, we really, um, got like a, a well-oiled machine of posting and, you know, uh, we were meeting up at Sorgatron, um, what monthly and doing multiple episodes mm -hmm. and it was a good rhythm. And then, you know, uh, quarantine and we're like, we don't want to lose that rhythm, you know? So we found a way to make it, you know, keep going. Yeah. So it is, it, it is amazing that, we, you know, we've been recording remotely since March. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> no one thought we would be doing it this long. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it, I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's worked out. We've knock on wood. We have not, I don't think we've lost an episode yet. And so hopefully it's not this one. <laughs> yeah. But thinking a lot this week and because this is going to be our last, this is going to be the last episode of, of 2020. And you know, I got to thinking about, you know, you kind of start reflecting on the year, especially this time of year. It's, you know, getting towards the end of the year, it's the holidays and it's time for reflection on what happened in the past year. And obviously so much stuff has happened in the past year. The, the, the podcast is just a blip, you know, as far as in the grand scheme of things. But I also feel like being able to record weekly with, with you guys has been, has really helped I mean, for me personally, it's it's really been kind of a you know a rock, kind of been a, a nice, um, just like a stable thing, you know, that I've been able to hold on to. I agree. I think um, just having like a having any, any sense of a schedule like this, you know, and getting on and trying to do, you know, just talk about something that's. Uh, you know, it's fun that we enjoy and mm -hmm. we'll just talk, talk comics, talk and talk shop or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And a lot of times we would just heck, sometimes we would talk for an hour, even before the show, just everybody would just catch up because, you know, we weren't seeing each other in person. It was really different and we could only catch up with each other prior, you know, d during our pre-show chat. And, um, you know, and sometimes the conversations would get pretty heavy because again, everyone, you know, we're, we're going, the, the entire world is going through an upheaval right now. So it's sometimes just coming here and talking with, with friends is just, you know, it was just the kind of, just the thing you needed, you know, I am more than happy to have, uh, trivial discussions though about you know, <laughs> about fandoms though oh know? yeah well that's the other thing you know once uh, once we clear the uh the heavy conversation it was nice to get into talking about yeah. just stuff that that brings joy I think, uh, to our to our lives i think my yeah my mind probably runs too deep which is why i'm like all right let's just talk about something goofy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and then, and that's the other thing, like, and I think you, you said this, I mean, just being able to come here, you know, to get online, um, periodically and just forget about the world for a while Yeah. and just 
talk about just like trivial stuff, comics, movies, TV, just or, fun stuff. Or important things like the Mandalorian. You know. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Mandalorian that. has been just <laughs> falls out amazing this this season. Yeah, it's a great show. And it you know it is the way. It is the way Star Wars should go. <laughs> now we're coming up on so this is we're recording this on a Thursday night. Tomorrow night is the the season two finale. Scott Headland, what are your predictions? <laughs> All right, well barring you know that there are possible spoilers in my in my mentions here, but um Okay, spoilers in case you've not caught up with the Mandalorian season two. Skip but, ahead, maybe ten minutes. Um, actually, uh, I don't. I don't know if I'll get to a, a spoiler. A spoiler. I think. I actually think they're gonna. They're gonna save the kid. I think they're gonna be okay. Um, and I do think that we made. And I'm. My other prediction is that we'll lose at least one person from the crew. Like somebody will be. Oh. More so you think a series regular is going to uh, it's going yeah. to bite it in the last episode? I actually thought last week before last week's epi- episode, and they name dropped that they were bringing Bill Burr. I thought, oh, that that's their that's their drop dead guy, you know, like because you always got to have like one that runs in, gets shot and down. But then they made Bill Burr the one of the greatest characters in the Star Wars universe now, <laughs> you know, that deals with the hard truths of the galaxy and. And, you know, he gets a pass, you know, like he's, he's good to go. So it's gotta be one of the other ones are going to get, um, I think it's, it's going to be the, um, you know, the jagged edge kind of thing. Like somebody's going to get lost, you know, in the, in the scuffle. Hmm. Now here's the fun, here's my funny, here's my funny observation about the Mandalorian is that, Whenever they need to get something done, he, he usually assembles. He either does it himself or he tries to assemble a crew. There's usually like, um, you know, like he was, for instance, he was attacked. Uh, you know, he was defending that uh, rolling tank from, say, 20, 20 pirates. Um, that's that's more than enough. You know, no problem. You know, like if he had his full armor, he could have probably handled 50 of them. Right. Um so what's funny is though, uh, in earlier in the season, there were the other Mandalore. Or, well, let's back up. They they hit that one base and they so they grabbed Grief, aka Apollo Creed. <laughs> but he's like, I got to get a crew. So he's like, you know, it's me. Um, I think Kara uh, was on that one. Yeah. June, and then they got Grief and Mithril, and they were like. Four people is more than enough to take out a military installation. So they were like, no problem. So they go in there and they, you know, they, they basically just aced it, you know, then they go to the next and they're like, all right, well we up the, uh, you know, now you're trying to take out a an Imperial, you know, uh, ship, you know, but he didn't know that, but basically these Mandalorians that he runs into, there's three of them. And they're, they're like, clearly with three of us, we can't do this. Right. A simple Mandalorians. And they're like, oh, but we have four Mandalorians. They're like, now we can take out an entire ship. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so get to the end part. 
where they're like, we we now have to go after after an imperial cruiser, like a full size, you know, star destroyer size kind of ship, um, to save the child. Spoilers. So what does he do? He gets a crew of five. He gets he brings back Cara Dune, mm-hmm. um, and then he's got uh, Agent May and Bill Burr mm-hmm. and. Uh, one, and the one and only Boba Fett, you know, and he's basically like, we have five guys, we can take this thing, you know. So, like that was his crew. He was like, I only need five. Like, I think, oh my God. like these guys are like, they're mental. Like their their skill levels must be insane. I would I would love it if if they want because you know the, the from from episode one, the entire series has had this kind of. Uh, old west feel like the old yeah. west gunslinger feel i would love it if he put together like a magnificent seven yeah you know throw a couple you know, more people in there i always think of this old there's this old star wars cover where it shows han solo and like all these guys are riding in on like space horses mm-hmm. and and they're like they outnumber han 30 to 1 boy are they in trouble <laughs> you know and i'm like that's the mandalorian like that's that's the show to a t they're just like he is severely outnumbered, but he's gonna win. Yeah, he's he's always yeah he's always outnumbered. He's always outgunned, but somehow he finds a way. I mean, and sometimes it's just sheer luck. The entire you know he took on the entire town of bounty hunters, and then like of course the Mandalorians showed up and bailed him out. But they were like, yeah, but you know, sure the Mandalorians are outnumbered. We have a dozen, but they're like a whole town of bounty hunters. This is nothing, right? And, Easy peasy. <laughs> now, now the, the big thing this season was the fact that they brought back Boba Fett, who yeah. the last we saw officially in, in Canon, he was eaten by the, you know, he was eaten in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Well, he, he fell into the Sarlacc pit. Apparently well, he wasn't eaten. With a, so what, 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 what did you think about that? How was, did you get excited? Were you like, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, even when they showed him in that, I actually thought, even in season one, he he went up to Agent May there. I know it's not her, but I like Agent May. But uh, anyway, uh, he went up to her and, you know, kind of, he was checking on her. And everybody's like, um, I think everybody's even said that then, like, that's Boba Fett. That that was my guess that it was gonna because all you saw were feet. Yeah, just the feet. And I was like, nah, you know, like that's they're not gonna do that right away. But then like by season two, I was ready. I was ready for it. I was more than ready for them to. And they, you know, what was cool about the lead into that episode, uh, episode one of season two, the the guy that Mando went to and he was like, yeah, I, I uh, work with this Mandalorian on. Tatooine. And then he went to Tatooine and he met Cobb, Cobb Vance, a.k.a. Raylan Givens. Yeah. <laughs> justified. Space Raylan. Yeah, reprising his role as the marshal. He yeah. was essentially... I, I, I love Timothy Oliphant and I love Justified. I love Raylan Givens. And I, I love the fact that he was on this episode or in that episode, but he was essentially Raylan Givens. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, there was no... Know, 
Yeah. He doesn't really play too far outside of his, uh, you know, himself. But it was perfect. It was almost like, holy shit, Raylan was just, he was like teleported to a galaxy far, far away. And now he's, you know, he's a marshal on Tatooine. That actually was the, uh, the whole point of the episode was to him to find that, that Mandalorian. And then he's like, well, I found the armor and no Mandalorian. There must not be one. But they were actually like, what I believe is that guy actually was, uh, had been communicating with Boba Fett all that time. And that was his Mandalorian contact. You know, mm-hmm. in the first place. So he's like, yeah, you did find him. Well, actually, in fact, Boba Fett found you, you know, like that's, which I thought was also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so then I they like brought him back and I was like, they, I thought they did a great job. Um, yeah. I was just about to say, I, I, I like that we got to see Boba Fett kicking ass without yeah. his, without his armor. Yeah. Andy spent, I think that's the most screen time. Boba Fett had more screen time in that return episode than he did in all the movies. So yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, probably, probably more dialogue too. I love the dialogue that the latest episode where he, they're like, well, who can go into the base and get their face scanned? And they're like, what about you? And he was like, I guess he goes, I, I let's just say I have a pretty recognizable face. <laughs> it's like, yeah. He's the entire clone army. You know, <laughs> which yeah, I thought like lines like that. I was like, these are these are gold. Like this this show is awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty good a pretty good line. Um, nice nice nod to the uh, to the prequels. Yeah, yeah, they've done they've done a good job all the way through. So, but um, prediction wise, yeah, I, I would say they saved the kid, but they lose somebody else. Okay. So we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. I'm not gonna make predictions on which character yeah um, that's tough because even even the the lesser you know someone who might be considered a lesser character like every character on that show has been great yeah you would miss them you know it'd be like oh no so Mm -hmm. um yeah so i don't know i mean they 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 got away with doing that at the end of season one because they essentially just killed a droid which was still sad, but at the same time, you're like, okay, it's it's a droid. Oh yeah, you're ID eleven. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. They did have a sacrifice. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Kui, Kui, whatever the Ugnot. Oh yeah. Also lost. Yeah. So, Nick, Nick Nolte. Yeah. So when things come down. You know, when, when when it gets down to the nitty gritty, they, I don't put it past them. Mm-hmm. You know, so brace for impact. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for the uh, excited for this. I mean, sad excited for the finale. You know, there's also um, the other the other left, they left some things hanging open in that where. Um, Mando's now come to terms with taking his helmet off, which was a big character turn for him. Um, and Bill Burr saw his face and he didn't kill him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, he basically broke his creed. Yeah. Uh, so are the, are the other Mandalorians going to be pissed? You know, 
is Bill Burr going to turn him in at some point? You know, and and is he going to be recognized on that facial scan at some point? I mean, these are all big questions that they're not even. And I'm going to make a, my crazy Star Wars prediction right now because I okay. just thought it was yesterday. And no one's going to like this one, but I'm going to say it now so it's on record. <laughs> that Mandalorian is a descendant of Qui-Gon Jinn. Boom. Oh. Just putting it out there. Okay. Into the world. Let it sit there. We'll see what happens. Mandalorian. Din. Din Djarin. Din Djarin is Qui-Gon Jinn's probably grandson. Oh. So is it canon that like did Qui-Gon have a family? It's no longer canon. So in the expanded universe, he had a daughter. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't remember all the details. There was a lot to read. And like, I honestly didn't know if I was reading fanfic at some point. Um, so in the new canon, in the Disney canon, we'll call it, there's a, there's a book that came out recently called Master and Apprentice. And Qui-Gon actually did have uh, romantic yearnings to uh, this uh, Jedi woman or something. But he basically put it away. You know, like he, he put his feelings away. He sheathed his lightsaber, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they've, but they've, at least as far as like that, they've just dropped that one little nugget in there. You know, that he, uh, he's not above having a romantic encounter. No, I thought in general, he had kids. So, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I thought in general that the Jedi didn't have families. Like yeah, they didn't have, the like, all said, so they what? The posters all said that back that the Jedi's were not allowed to love. I guess um, because of that weakness, then uh, yeah, someone. I always was, thought of them as like sort of like priests, like where they like once they took a the oath to be a Jedi, that was kind of like that was it. But they they did toy with uh, Obi Wan's feelings for um, Satine of uh, of uh, Mandalore. She was the ruler of Mandalore, and he, Obi-Wan actually had a thing for her, and he also had to put those feelings down mm. for the for the good, the greater good. Well, actually, I guess, so wait, didn't, now this, this is expanded the universe, I think, but didn't, I mean, there was the whole thing with Luke and Mara Jade, didn't they get together? Yeah. Well, that was always the, that was always the background story was that, that Luke broke the mold, like basically that they weren't as that the old the old Republic rule for Jedi's was that you weren't allowed to have have a wife or you know anything like that, any attachments. And Luke's, you know, the quote unquote gray Jedi perception, which is debatable, but basically that was that Luke had changed the system and was like, it's okay to love to have love because it's, you know, like his, his love for his friends and stuff like that, that actually got him through too. His love for his sister. Yeah. <laughs> Before he knew it was her sister. Oh, I, his sister. I have another crazy theory too. I'll throw this. Here's my other crazy theory. I won't, 
maybe not discuss too much, but <laughs> other crazy theory is that Leia knew that Anakin Skywalker was her father before the movies ever occurred. That that her father, what's his name, Bale? Oh, Bale, Bale or- Organa. That he would have just been upfront with her and said, you know, you're adopted, and you know your dad was Anakin Skywalker, and he was a great man. You know, because as far as anybody knew in the in the galaxy, nobody knew that he turned to become Darth Vader. So, um, so uh, yeah. So I guess I guess Obi Wan was really the only one who knew the the truth because, and and he kind of turned it into an like almost like an urban legend because at that point. Anakin had already killed every other Jedi. Even at that point, Obi-Wan thought he had left him for dead. He actually thought he was dead. So he was just spinning tall tales about like the great Anakin Skywalker, who was a great pilot and his friend. And, but in reality, yeah, he focused on the good times and then he didn't, but also he didn't, Initially, I don't think he knew that he was Darth Vader. You know, like when he left him there for dead, he didn't know that he got rescued. Right. Yeah. So, rescued. But, uh, mm. but yeah, so it's just a, a theory I was thinking because I, that would actually make sense for something that was actually in the newer comic books. Speaking of comics on comic book tips. <laughs> but, um, I think they talked about how Leia was of what did know that she was adopted. Remember that, uh, the, the person that she's against right now in the current issue of star Wars mm-hmm. is knows who she is. Like, like she knows that he, she's Vader's or no, wait, no, she doesn't know that. No, she knows. She's like, I know you're adopted. Like, she basically told her. She's like, I know that you're not even an Organa or something like that. I know everything about you. She hmm. said something to that effect in the book, I think. Okay. And then, all that, of course, all that stuff just starts drilling through my head. So, <laughs> so I, just started, I just started thinking, like, you know, she, maybe she just knew ahead of time. And then, like, when Luke, you know, pops his helmet, his, star, his uh, Stormtrooper helmet, and says, I'm Luke Skywalker. That jars her, and she's probably like, "Holy crap, I trust this guy." You know, she's like, but, "Boy, that na- that last name sounds familiar." Yeah, yeah, you know. But of course, that hot kiss that still isn't explained. But you know, whatever. She's <laughs> testing it out, and she's like, "Yep, that's definitely my brother." There was a lot of confusing <laughs> things going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Well, so um, speaking of Star Wars, yeah, yeah I was, well, actually, I was going to lead into that. There were um, a lot of crazy announcements last week at the Disney investors meeting. Oh yeah, which uh, so if we were to, so we're gonna, I'll just run down them real quick, and then we could. Uh, if there's I mean, any that stand out to you, I was uh, just going to say before you go down the list. Uh-huh. I know we don't. I know we don't name our episodes anymore, but you know, like we usually do like the name of one of the books. We'll call this mm-hmm. episode hot, hot take. Hot takes. <laughs> hot Star takes. Wars hot takes. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> um, so we've got, uh, in no particular order, we've got Rangers of the New Republic, Ashoka, Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Bad Batch, Visions, Lando, The Acolyte, A Droid Story, uh, Rogue Squadron, and the uh, the untitled feature film from Taika Waititi. Uh, yeah. IG, IG-11 himself. The voice of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the voice of IG-11, among others. <laughs> He's also a director. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, so what, what, if any of these stand out to you? The hot take for these is that uh, um, a lot of them actually take place in the same time period as, well, maybe not a lot, but a couple of them take place in the same time period as Mandalorian. So the Ahsoka, um, you know, episode of Mandalorian was almost like a backdoor pilot because mm-hmm. they were basically screen testing that like with the audience and they were like, yeah, this is working. So they were like green light that show, but it takes place in that same time period. So hopefully, uh, you know what I, what I have dubbed the, uh, I call it the, the Filoni trilogy, but it's basically the, the Filoni trilogy is like the story of Ahsoka. And you know, like trilogy is like, could it kind of runs through the gamut, but, Basically, Ahsoka introduced in Clone Wars, the cartoon. Um, she reappears in Rebels, the cartoon, in her, and that's her second part. And now she's appeared in Mandalorian, but we now know it's only for one episode, and now they're going to do a series. So this is like part three coming out. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, this is Dave Filoni's character. I hope that Dave Filoni, you know, controls the show basically to have, you know, some sort of conclusion to this character, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, by the time of rise of Skywalker episode nine, um, Ray actually heard Ahsoka's voice when she heard everybody else's voices. And that left a lot of speculation as to whether or not Ahsoka had died or she was just speaking through the force. Okay. So there's a lot of speculation about that. And so there's that. There's also the the Rangers, I believe, also takes place in that time period. And I think um, we've gotten a little bit of a hint of that with the, uh, you know, the comedic timing of the, or not comedic, really, but the X-Wing pilots that have appeared in Mandalorian. Um, right. We're gonna focus on, uh, you know, the rebels trying to, uh, you know, run the Empire out. So... I think that'll be good. And then the other ones I'm excited about, Andor. Andor is going to take place um, pre, probably pre, uh, obviously pre Rogue One. Um, I hope it goes back a few more years back. Yeah, it says, um, I guess Diego Luna is reprising his role as uh, Cassian Andor. Yep. The, it's going to be a live action series. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that to be to be honest. There's a there's a sizzle reel on StarWars.com for that, and I I mean I you know Rogue One's one of the best movies out there, so um, I think it's going to be good. 
And it's also in the middle of the empire, which I'm really interested in that. It's in that middle of the high, the high point of the empire. And that also is, um, Obi-Wan. The Obi-Wan, I, this, my belief is that it's going to occur immediately following Solo, or at least overlap it in some way. Mm-hmm. Because Solo was meant to be number one of three character movies. And because Solo performed poorly in theaters, um, they scrapped Obi-Wan. But now they've brought it back. They're, you know, they got, um, you know, what's his name? Christopher Robin to play it, play it again. Uh, oh, Hayden Christensen. No, no, no. Uh, the other dude. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. Uh, see that, that's where my head is too. Hayden Christensen. You and, you and, you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, also Hayden Christensen's coming back and he's actually going to be Darth Vader in, in some way, shape or form, which is, yeah, that, I feel like that was, that was huge. I mean, for as much hate as Hayden Christensen gets, the fact that he, you know, that he, he got a, there was a weird amount of like love and buzz when it was announced that he was reprising his role as Darth Vader. I think everybody's over it, to be honest, because like at the, at the last celebration in Chicago, I think that was his first appearance. Yeah. I'm looking at my wife here. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was his first like big appearance. And he was really nervous about it, you know, he because he was so, he thought, you know, people were going to come at him with pitchforks for so long. And then he got the love instead, you know, and mm-hmm. it happened to, for Ahmed Best too, as Jar Jar, um, Kelly, Kelly Tran. Um, yeah, but they all got the love, you know, they all thought like, Everybody's a internet troll, you know, because of the way they've been attacked online. And they found out that, you know, Star Wars fans aren't all bad, you know, and like the, right. ones, the ones that care, you know, are going to outshine the ones that are, you know, dipsticks, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, nerf herders. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about all those. And then, um, Alkalite is going to be uh, a flash to the past in the High Republic era, and Disney's been doing a lot, laying a lot of groundwork to uh, talk about that era. So I'm interested to see what they do with Alkalite. And then the other shows, I, I forget which other ones there are. Lando, I don't know anything about. And um, Bad Batch is going to be good. It's going to be an animated series. And... I think it says the droid a uh, droid story is also going to be animated. Yeah, the droid story is uh, 3PO and R2 uh, bring on a new droid to train or something like that. It's almost like uh, that they're, you know, it's like a master padawan thing, but it's going to be with them training a new droid to do something. <laughs> That's all I know about. And then there's another, the Visions one is actually going to be uh, anime styled. Um, they're, they're bringing in a lot of, um, um, you know, infamous anime illustrators and creators, um, to create new Star Wars stories that they're not necessarily part of the, you know, the continuity, 
they're just that's why they're calling them visions. They're mm-hmm. basically uh, something new and different. Just like standalone type yeah. stories. Yeah. Much like the uh, when the Matrix did the that was one of my favorite things, but the Matrix had the Oh, the Animatrix, Animatrix yeah. It's gonna be like that, I think. <clears throat> so all good stuff. I was very excited. Um, there's also I, I there's also uh, Willow is coming back, which is amazing, and Indiana Jones mm-hmm. six or five. Five, five I think. Five, yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison Ford is back again. Yeah. Ninety nine year old Harrison Ford. <laughs> Better than mud, you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, the old Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got LaBeoufed. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say, uh, I mean, again, uh, virtually no no information about it, but a Rogue Squadron movie sounds like insane fun. Oh yeah, that was the other one, right? The Rogue Squadron. Yeah, that that uh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is gonna yeah oh, gonna man. be directing, and that wow. uh that that short video of her yeah like rollerblading and then like on this what looked like an air sh- and it was really neat because it was like I don't know where this is going, it and then so you see cool. her putting on like the orange jumpsuit yeah walking towards an X wing and I'm like oh my god. Yeah, that is awesome. I actually think that I may have gotten my wires crossed. That might be also in the same era as Mandalorian. Um, that might be the one I was thinking of instead of uh, Rangers. Mm-hmm. I might have got mixed up on which one's which. I I feel like Rogue Squadron has been something that people have been like secretly pining for for years ever since they just mention the words rogue squadron. I mean, I, it, it's such a, like those two words together are like two of the cool, like the, they make the coolest phrase yeah. <laughs> ever rogue squadron. It just sounds, I don't know. Yeah, it's excellent. It's like, it's, it's like the, like the top gun of uh star Wars. Oh, movies. Man, if we could have, yeah. Now you see, now you're going to go down that road. They have like a top gun, <laughs> top gun mashup. Yep. Goose and was it Goose and Iceman Maverick or Maverick and yeah <laughs> and and then they'll and then they'll sm- throw uh, Will Smith and Harry Connick Jr. in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like kick the light the fires and kick the tires Big Daddy yeah. <laughs> welcome to Earth <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Coruscant yeah <laughs> punch in the face <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, just so many exciting things. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, I mean, this is there's so much meat to chew on here. I mean, I I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, but I mean, obviously, none of this is happening anytime soon. But almost all of these say premiere, you know, date TBA. A couple of them say 2022, but for the most part, they all say, you know. 2022. They, um, I mean, we'll say some of the animated ones say 2021. I, I also feel like, uh, I feel like Mandalorian's a lot, almost like a, um, interview for directors, you know, 
because now we, you know, like this season also, we had Robert Rodriguez direct an episode, which. Yeah. Boba Fett. And it's like, oh, well, this makes sense now that the level of action, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they get all these great directors on the show and then they know how to work with them. And they're like, here, let's let's make more properties. You know, and now we have this. It's great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fertile soil. Yeah. It's working. Um. Oh, and the, uh, you know, I, I obviously, I feel like we should mention it, but, you know, we also want to say um, that we also lost, uh, we also lost Boba Fett today. Yeah, that was really uh, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Jeremy Bullock passed away at, uh, was he 75? 75. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's sad, but I also think of, um, I try to think about, you know, when people pass like that, um, at what, at what point did they, you know, what did they know and like what, you know, their outlook. And I got to say like the fact that both, you know, Boba Fett returned, it, it's like, it's solid, it's solidified the legacy that Jeremy put down. You know what I mean? Like he started mm-hmm. the character ages ago and now he, he was around just long enough to see, you know, that his, you know, his character, he had a hand in that. Um, I'm sure he saw that all these years, you know, with all, you know, the, the crazy amount of merchandise. Um, but mm-hmm. to see him back in, in the movies and, you know, his character's back. I mean, that's gotta be, had to be a good feeling at least for him to be able yeah. to move, you know? Well, just the sheer amount of, of fandom over the years that, that turned out, at cons and, you know, comic cons and star Wars cons. And even years before the, you know, there was even a hint of the Mandalorian. I mean, you saw people making their own Mandalorian armor. I mean, all the different um, permutations of it, all the different uh, adaptations of, of what, you know, of, of taking the original Boba Fett look and turning it into something else. Oh yeah, growing up the yeah the whole myth of the Mandalorian. Yeah, and 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 that was for uh, again arguably like we we were saying like a character that had probably less than twenty minutes of screen time over two movies and less than probably two minutes of dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to, to the the effect that he had on an entire generation. One of the fans, like everybody, um, staggering. Just like people get, people are always like, "Oh, Boba Fett, you know, you know, he died." They'd say, "quote unquote," he died like a bitch, you know, like he, you know, because he just, oh, his backpack got hit and he fell into the into the pit and that's it. Like, yeah, it was played for comedy the way he died. In real, you know what I always like. This is something like that. This is like the knowledge I retain, but like. I read that I read that um, novel adaptation when I was a kid, and I still remember. Even then, the the way they played it was that Boba Fett didn't recognize Han as a threat. Han was a bounty, so he turned his back on him because he's like, "Who cares about Han? You know who's this guy? He didn't mm. care. His eyes were on the Jedi. You know he's like." 
this is my threat. I'm dealing with the Jedi. Yeah, and that, that makes it, sense. And when you look at that, his attention was towards the real threat. Of course, he let his guard down, and you know, and mm-hmm. Hawk literally got the you know clock strikes, you know, broken clock strikes, <laughs> you know, right twice. And Han bonked his jetpack. Right. You know, but um, but I always held on to that because I, I, I liked that that built up into something that there was, there is a lot of animosity between the Mandalorians and the Jedis. And it's because of all the things that happened watching the Clone War cartoon, you know, and you see all that develop. And even like the, you know, Django and uh, Obi-Wan's first fight in Attack of the Clones, like they... There's always been like this animosity, and um, you know, and it, it all starts with that little nugget, you know, like that little bit that like Boba Fett prioritized that Luke was a greater threat, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's cool, <laughs> you know, like I can, so I'm totally, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, he fell into the Sarlacc, but here's my, they left a theory out there, they said that the, the Crate dragons eat sarlaccs for breakfast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it could have very well been that that he, you know, he's able to survive. Um, mm-hmm. There's an old Star Wars comic issue eighty or eighty one, I forget what number, where Boba Fett returned for one issue because the sarlacc spit him out <laughs> and he had memory loss, and uh, you know he somehow got swallowed again because they wanted to put a bow on it. But, you know, I almost feel like those are influences, you know, when they talk about bringing this character back, you know, that somehow the arm, he had to take that armor off for some reason. Yeah. And he lost it and he didn't know where it went, you know? So he was just like, oh, well, I'm not Boba Fett anymore because I don't have my armor, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, this Yoko has it and now I want it back. <laughs> so, you know. It's cool. I don't know. I <laughs> go on and on about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean, well, like I said, it 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 really the, Boba Fett and and the mystery surrounding the character and the and or I should say the the mystique surrounding the character has just it's 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 provided. Like I said, the 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 short amount of time that we were given has provided so much fuel for fans that I feel like, you know, he finally is getting his chance to, to be a character now on the Mandalorian. And, and again, it's, it's, I can only hope that Jeremy Bullock got a chance to see that, to see that he wasn't just, just that short amount of time that he was on screen, but like the, the character had just, evolved and in in the hands of creators that had like a deep love for the property and for the character was able to become something even more. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, the legend continue, you know, like when, uh, when Vader, when Vader has to point you out and say no disintegrations, you know, mm-hmm. he's a badass. <laughs> but like, that's one of the things like I kind of went back and forth. Like when Mandalorian first came out, I was like, oh, well, now this Mandalorian has a disintegrating gun, too. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, so now it's just common common gear for a Mandalorian. I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, because I always thought that was Boba Fett's gig. You know, like, they didn't have, nobody had these guns, mm-hmm. or you know, had a means to disintegrate, but Boba Fett did. 
Yeah. And I was like, they kind of took that mystery away a little bit. And, and then they started talking about how, you know, the, the level of honor that Mandalorians have. And like, you never heard that with Boba Fett. And I was getting like bummed out. Cause I'm thinking like, I right, man, I think Boba Fett was, he's just a bad guy, you know? But then when they actually brought him on screen and he was like, he's like, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a simple man trying to make a, my way, which he was quoting Django. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it, they, they, they brought whatever I thought like that they were, how they were going to ruin Boba Fett. They brought it up to this back up to this level where I'm like, this guy is, is cool, calm, collected, mm-hmm. awesome bounty hunter. You know, he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just like, I, I'm making a living, you know? Yeah. He almost had a very, a very, in fact, it, it, even to the way he looked out of his armor, he had a very Zen like feel about him from the, like the shaved head to the, the robe he was wearing or the cloak yeah. to his, his very calm demeanor and his very calm and practiced explanation of who he was and why he, why the armor rightly belonged yeah, to him. That was great. Yeah. That whole, cause I, I just expected a fight between Boba and Mando. I, but, but they just, they literally, they just talked it out and Mando was like, you're right. The armor belongs to you. Yeah. The other thing and, too is, um, you know, that, that, that's my other big question is how did Boba Fett get that dent in his helmet? If it's, if that's Beskar, what did hmm. he get hit with? Mm. And like the theories are that he got hit with other Beskar, <laughs> but you know, like that had to be a, severe hit to put a dent in your helmet yeah like what did he hit like that's crazy you know and he had that dent since day one you know that was like a and Django didn't have it have mm-hmm. that. you know so it was a a boba acquired event <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that is that, that is interesting yeah that that would be a probably a neat story for another day yeah for another yeah or yeah, if they, you know, somehow do a, uh, if they ever decide to do a, a Boba spinoff, which this day, I mean, these days, who knows? I mean, they're, they're doing spinoffs with everyone. You tell me, well, I guess they, maybe they wouldn't do a Boba spinoff because it might take away from the, the Mando, but I, maybe I so, nice down the road. What, what's nice with that is maybe they're not assuming that all these shows will go on indefinitely either. Like Andor, I think they're only they're only talking about one or two seasons already, or twelve episodes. You know, like they, mm-hmm. they're probably talking about it in a finite way. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. No, I, I think these shows are probably stronger as finite series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. that's a lot of Star Wars talk. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to reference some comic books in there, you know. No, that's okay. That's all right. It's, I mean, it's, it's worth talking about. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't nerd out on star Wars that's too true. often. I, I feel like the, most of the star Wars talk this year has been centered around the movies. Yeah. So, 
and I, I, I feel like that's been the movies have been talked to death, not just by us, but just everyone. <laughs> that is the one thing that everybody noticed with the uh, with the Disney announcement is that there's no there's no property announced that occurs in the uh, sequel era in mm-hmm. the Ray Kylo era. So yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay taking a break from movies for a while. I mean, I, th- I think the, sh- I mean, clearly the, the, the shows, the animated shows and the Mando, I mean, her are doing gangbusters. So I think that's proven to Disney that they can put their faith in, you know, episodic storytelling for a while rather than the big, you know, the big pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, everybody wants. That's what everybody's been wanting is characters you know, in character development. So mm-hmm. uh, what better place than on episodic television, you know, um, where, where a movie sometimes, you know, that stuff suffers unless it's, unless it's specifically about that, you know, but you know, your side characters get written out for, you know, for time sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the, in the TV show, you can be like, well, this episode's, you know, 65 minutes instead of 55 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think they've, they, they've also brought back, I mean, because they're not doing it the Netflix way where they do an entire season dump where they're making you wait for episodes. It's like, it's kind of bringing back the excitement of weekly television. Yeah. Because oh, sure. everybody can't wait for the next episode of Mando. That's actually my other prediction is that when all these shows hit that everyone will just adjust their schedule to wake up at 3 a.m. Like (laughs) the whole world is just going to change and just be like, no, that's when we get up and we watch the new program, you know, (laughs) so we can all have a discussion about it. Yeah, because nobody nobody wants to be that person that didn't see didn't watch the episode yet. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can't I can't go online today. I didn't watch it yet. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think we could probably just skip comics. We could skip comics. Yeah, for this for this episode for our our final weirdly for our final episode of the year, we are <laughs> not going to talk about comics. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> like uh I don't know if there's even greatest moments. I feel like this year, like I know in the other years we've had like our favorite book or a top 10 or I just didn't even yeah. feel like that was something to do this year. Um, well, you know, I, I, I feel like the, the, the biggest stories revolve uh, revolving around comics this year weren't about, com- weren't the comics themselves. They were about the upheaval in the comics industry due to the pandemic. That's true. Yeah, you're right. The, the 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 bigger stories were off the paper. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I I don't really want to talk about those stories. Are kind of awful. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of a bummer. I mean, because there were. I mean, there were. What was it like a? I don't even remember now. It feels like it's so long ago. But how long did we go without new releases? Was it a, like um, a, a a month or two? Yeah, at least two months, maybe more. And then, actually, one of the books I'm not talking about tonight. Well, honestly, I didn't have much to say except that it finally came out was um, Hell the Hellboy uh, 
the Seven Wives Club. Mm-hmm. Did you know he actually illustrated that like last year? And they and they shelved it for the pandemic because they were like, oh, well, we'll just launch it in like June or whatever. And then like there was a whole bunch of books at Dark Horse that they were just like, oh, shelf all these and we'll get them out later. And they came out like this month, like December, you know, and it's like, that's got to be mind numbing too. Like, you know, Adam Hughes, you know, big fan, but um, he's basically like, I can't talk about my book, you know, <laughs> you know, like he's probably used to waiting a couple months, but he had to wait a mm-hmm. whole year for this book to come out to be like, Hey, look what I, I did something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's just, that that's just a small example of just the, the hit that everybody took, not just, Oh yeah, the, they actually, the companies, but the artists, the 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 printers, the Comic Cons. I mean, everybody took yeah. a hit this year, and it's just it's been a brutal year for the comic book industry and the and the and the surrounding industries that support it. And like like I said, cons and independent artists and people that go to shows, people that that make their living from going to everything from San Diego comic-con to, to small regional shows. Um, yeah, I miss that too. You know, that's, that's a lot of motivation too, for like, um, people like us, you know, that we draw when we have time, but like when you have a show or something that you want to do, you make time, you know? So then mm-hmm. if, um, you know, it, it, it's sort of, it's a good motivator when you're like, Hey, this event's coming up and I want to have something, you know? So yeah. it's, harder, it's harder to be motivated when there's no reason to be sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, but you know, yeah. Or then there's, you know, there's scuba cop too, you know, but <laughs> I have to mention it. I think we should end 2020 with scuba cop. I think that's, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what Scott is referring to is this uh, character that I came up with recently called Scuba Cop, who is literally a underwater scuba diving policeman. Um, <laughs> and I've only, I don't know, I've drawn what, like half a dozen little just pictures, little, you know, just, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that guy's name from, uh, who was the other guy in ba- in the new Baywatch movie? Um, that's that I could see him playing uh scuba cop, um, Zach Efron. Oh, oh, okay, I, yeah, uh, okay. I didn't, I didn't see the new Baywatch movie, but yeah, I, I mean, I know who Zach Efron is, obviously, but you know what? You should watch it just for the just for the cultural zeitgeist kind of stuff, but um, <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it always seemed like it was one of the like a movie I'd probably enjoy. It's like just dumb fun, it is. It is you know. very much so, but Zach Efron is like a um, uh, Olympic gold medalist kind of guy who wants to be a lifeguard, but he has so many personal hangups that he's, you know, sometimes just a bum. Yeah, and I could see him playing like uh, a character like Scuba Cop, you know, where he's he's like, hey, you know, like I didn't get the job as a lifeguard, so you know, I went into the you know, the police and now I'm a scuba cop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like he, he, he wants the awesome job, but he just, he's just, he keeps, he's probably his own worst enemy. Zach Efron's actually, he's pretty funny too. 
he's actually I think he'd be an ideal candidate. For oh yeah, I've I, I've seen he definitely has some some comedy chops. I've seen him in some things. Yeah, so he's funny. Like uh, you know, we'll get Mikey Wood to write the script, and um, <laughs> you know, I'll work on casting. Okay. Know, and you know, you keep uh, you know, pumping out the uh, storyboards. This is great. Yeah, we're we've. I haven't even like like made a comic yet, and we're already uh, we're already into casting for the Scuba yeah. Cop live action. Yeah, we got to get property out there. You know, we got to yeah you know, yeah set up some meetings with Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, I think uh, yeah, I'm gonna try and maybe in the next year, I wanna I'd like to put out maybe a couple of small like a couple of mini comics for scuba cop. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is, this is the place to hear it. So you but, heard it here first folks. Yeah. yeah. Scuba cop coming in 2021. <laughs> Love it. And like you said about putting words, certain words together that has a good ring to it. You know, like, uh, you know how you were like a rogue. rogue yeah. Veteran. Well now there's scuba cop, you know, I, like, like I said, like I when when I just when I when I heard the words together, I'm like, in my head, I thought that is hilarious and ridiculous. <laughs> just scuba cop. I'm like, yeah. I have to draw that. It was, and it, it it stuck in my head for like a number of days. I kept thinking scuba cop, scuba cop, and finally, I'm like, I just have to draw it. I just have to come up with what I think is a scuba cop. It's almost kind of funny how you know, like they poked fun at the GI Joes. But you know, like the, the the ones that are so specialized that they you can't imagine them having any other purpose. You know, so <laughs> yeah. like, you know like on uh, Robot Chicken, they did that with Frostbite, and they were like, "No, you stay here. At the, you stay here at headquarters because it's too warm for you to go on this mission." <laughs> you know, and like, come on, man, I can go other places. And they're like, "No, no, you know, you're our Arctic trooper." You know, well, that so that's funny, and that you brought that up, and you'll probably. You'll probably know the cover of GI Joe that I'm talking about. It's a cover. It's a, and it's a great Mike Zek cover. Oh yeah. Where you you see, I think it's Stalker, Snowjob, and Quick Kick. They're 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 against the wall. They're they're all they're uh, Stalker and Snowjob are firing their guns. Quick Kick looks like he's wounded, like he's holding his shoulder. Snowjob's holding him with one arm and firing a pistol with another. Oh. But like, I'm like, what mission is this? Because you've got <laughs> Quick Kick, who's literally just wearing like karate pants and a sash. Yeah. But then you've got Snowjob, who is in full Arctic gear. Yeah. Like, what, what and then the like, and then Stalker, who's just wearing his fatigues. Right. But I'm like, what mission are they on? Where you've got a barefooted karate guy <laughs> with no shirt, yeah. and then you've got a bearded Arctic soldier in his full Arctic gear, like what, what mission are these guys on? But you know what? With, with Mike Zek drawing it, you're probably like, I don't even care. Oh, I don't care. It was, it was such a great cover. It's such an, like, like I, I, every time I see the cover, I love it. (laughs) But, but also every time I see the cover, I'm like, what story is this? Like, I I feel like I need to read it to see what happened in this story, but yeah. Oh geez. I gotta, I'll have to look that up. I think I know which one you mean, but oh no, there's one of just Stalker um, and uh, one of the other Joes, a couple other Joes, but they're in the in the deep deep weeds. 
Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Now, this this one, you, when 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 you see this one, you'll you'll probably recognize it. All right, I'll have to peruse a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I see. I know which. One. I got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's such a classic too. Yeah. The spotlight on them and the gunshots coming in. Yeah, it's it it it's a real kind of a tense cover because you're like, man, these guys are they're getting they're taking fire. Literally One of their guys are wounded and yeah. down, and uh, I'm like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, well, right. we have we have really gone off the off the off the uh, rails here, but that's okay. It's again, it's our last episode of the year, so who cares? Oh, it's been a, yeah. Honestly, I like, can't wait for every for uh for the new year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a lot of a lot of great stuff coming up, uh, and we already do with our our Patreon. There's a lot of content there, but there's gonna be even more content coming up at the end of this year and starting in 2021. More patron uh, patron only podcasts and uh, art from. Uh, from Jared and Sean who are doing their weekly we- uh, web comics. More, more great stuff is coming in 2021. Maybe art from us as well. You know, you don't know. That's yeah. right. Maybe, you know, Scott and I might be throwing our, our hats into the ring pretty soon. So, I so. I, I'd like to start uh, ramping up again in February. So, okay. See how it goes. All right. Well, we're in the you know we're in the the doldrums of winter now, so it's nothing to do but stay inside and draw. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you can check us out at Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookPit. You can also check out our show notes for other ways to support us. Uh, you can pick up a T-shirt. You can make a one-time donation. You can find us on a lot of different social media platforms, you know, leave a comment, like a post, uh, anything you do to support us, no matter how, how insignificant you think it might be still supports the show. And we always appreciate it. So any last words before we sign off for this year? I can't think of one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Me either. (laughs) I think, I think we left it all out on the field. Yeah. We're spent. So, <laughs> not just for this episode, but for this year. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Uh, I've had enough. Yeah. Yep. We're we're gonna we're gonna take the rest of the rest of 2020, and uh, we're gonna refuel and come back in 2021 stronger than ever. Awesome. All new, all different. <laughs> our uh, and 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 as of now, I think now we decided that after. As of episode 375, then we could start making it the official countdown to episode 400. Whoa. Diving in. Yep. So. All right. All right. So thanks again for listening. This has been episode 375 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. Last episode for the year 2020. I'm Dan. And with me tonight is Scott. Happy New Year, everyone. That's right. Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time.